Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, you amazing humans? It's episode eight, and today I'm going to talk about how to get started with strength training. I'm going to break it all down to help you understand where to get started with weight training, with getting stronger, and doing the things that are going to actually provide the shape to your body that you want to see. I'm going to talk about just some general beginner ways to get started, how weight training won't make you manly, why you should always prioritize weight training over cardio. I'm going to talk about the myth of spot burning, why you should train your entire body, compound movements, how to get started with body weight and then dumbbells, et cetera, what equipment you need, how many sets and reps, how to continually progress over time, what progressive overload means, RPE, and ways to make workouts more challenging. So there's a lot of terminology there. I'm going to break it all down and make it simple for you so that by the time you have listened to this episode, you have a blueprint for moving forward. And whether you feel overwhelmed or you've never trained with weights before, this episode will help you create a framework for starting to strengthen your body and actually see the results you want to see in the mirror and make sure that you're not wasting your fucking time in the gym, which is what I see so many people doing in there for hours. And I already know they're not going to see the progress or the results that they want because they're just not doing what's optimal and what makes sense and congruent with their goals. So let's get into it. So how to get started. You see a lot of shit online with influencers and People doing crazy shit on top of BOSU balls with a, with a kettlebell and, you know, booty band workouts and waist trainers and cables. And it's like, where the hell do you start? I don't blame you for being confused. I don't. There's a lot of misinformation out there. It's super confusing. But at the end of the day, I do want to give you this mindset. And that mindset is just fucking do something. <laughs> the longer you stay in confusion and indecision the longer it's going to take for you to actually see results. So at the end of the day, you have to pick something and just do it. And sometimes what we do is we act confused and we act indecisive because we know that if we make a decision, we're going to have to change things. And that's scary. And we don't want to stay. We're afraid to leave our our comfort bubble because staying in indecision has become our comfort and become home. And we don't want to leave home. Well, I'm here to tell you that anything in life when it comes to progress and success hinges on your ability to get uncomfortable and actually make a decision and follow through on that decision and just do something. And if it's the wrong thing, you gather data that no one else has. You can proceed forward with new data and make new decisions and correct your trajectory if it was the wrong decision. There really are no wrong decisions. It's decisions that we learn from, right? So regardless of what I say today, you're going to have to just do it. Whatever it is, choose something, do it, and stick to it long enough to see some results and get some data. And that's going to be longer than two weeks. That's going to be likely a month or two, maybe even three to six months before you start changing course and start jumping ship to something else. Because if you continuously jump from one thing to the other, whether it's going from CrossFit to Zumba to Pilates to strength training to whatever, Orange Theory, you're not going to see any results if you don't stick with something long enough for those results to manifest because it takes time to build muscle tissue, just like it takes time to lose weight and burn fat. Everything takes time. Your body's not Amazon Prime. So start getting in the mindset of, I'm going to commit to something, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to stick with it regardless of what anyone says or what I see on social media. I'm going to put my blinders on and commit to it long enough to gather data about whether it works or not. Okay? So how to get started? Let's just make it really simple and... 
you want to start with body weight training, right? In my opinion, if you want to buy some dumbbells, that's a great decision as well. I recommend getting on Amazon or going to Dick's Sporting Goods or somewhere and just picking up a set of maybe five to 20 pounds. That's enough to get started. If you want to go five to 30 pounds, great. I think picking up some dumbbells that go from five to 20 pounds is a great way to get started. Bonus points if you get a bench, a weightlifting bench. That way you can do movements like split squats and bench press and stuff like that. If you have dumbbells in a bench, you can train your entire body and you can transform your entire body. You don't need an expensive ass tonal or bow flex. Listen, hear me out. Those things are super expensive. Dumbbells are not nearly as big of an investment as those things are. So if you don't end up using the dumbbells, it sits much better on your conscience for those to be gathering dust versus a $2,000 tonal that you that looked super nifty and cool. And hear me out. Hear me, hear me when I say this. Dumbbells and a bench are more effective for building muscle tissue and strength and changing your body long term than a tonal or Bowflex. Those things look super fancy and they got great advertising and great commercials. Bowflex used to have Chuck Norris on there. It's pretty awesome. But dumbbells and free weights, free weights refer to dumbbells and barbells, are more effective. They're not as sexy, but they're more effective. And they always will be because gravity never changes. It's always there. It's dependable. Okay. Resistance training refers to your body resisting some kind of force in order to adapt and get stronger against that force. So with free weights, the resistance would be gravity. So you can start with body weight if you want. And you want to prioritize compound movements, compound movements. I'm going to give you all a list of terms today and explain them very simply so you can increase your training vocabulary, okay? So we know what resistance training is, right? Like training against resistance, making your muscle tissue uh, perform or exert force against some kind of resistance, super simple. Compound movements are multi-joint movements, meaning movements or exercises that recruit multiple joints, for instance, a squat recruits your hips, your knees, your ankles. It's it's a multi-joint movement, right? A shoulder press, for instance, would recruit your shoulders, your elbows, forearms, stuff like that, right? So we want to pick those movements because if you're ut utilizing multiple joints, you're going to recruit the most muscle fibers and therefore see the most change. So your return on investment aka the energy you're investing into this exercise versus the results you're getting from it is very high. Isolation movements are when you're isolating like one muscle group at a time. So examples of isolation movements would be like booty kickbacks, you know, like glute kickbacks or bicep curls, right? Where you're only training one muscle at a time. Those have their place. But for beginners and for women who just want to see results quickly and efficiently and build overall strength and burn fat and all the things that you want to manifest with your body, compound movements are going to be your best expenditure of both energy and time. So that's where you want to start. So squats, I'm going to list off some compound exercises if you want to write these down or take notes. Squats, great exercise. Lunges, split squats, deadlifts. Pull downs or pull ups, bench press, shoulder press, bent over rows, assisted dips would be a good one. And really, that's it. Those exercises, as long as those exercises are in your repertoire, you're going to develop a great body. 
And that's all you need. Matter of fact, if I could narrow down to three exercises, I would probably recommend squats, pull downs, and shoulder press. That way you've got a great leg movement. You've got, you know, you're not training everything in your body, but you're training the most things. You've got a vertical push and you've got a horizontal pull or a vertical pull, I should say. So I'm not going to get too far into the weeds there, but you know, you really don't need, I want you all to, your takeaway from that is I don't, you don't need a bunch of exercises to produce a ridiculously good looking body or, or a lean, strong physique, the, the kind of physique that you want to see. Not manly. I'm going to get into that next. How weight training doesn't make you manly. But if you just perform, say, squats, even if it's body weight starting out, right? No resistance except for your body weight. Squats and lunges and split squats and shoulder press and rows. If you just do those consistently, you don't even really have to have a set routine or a structured program. As long as you just do those things when you're able and you're progressively challenging yourself more and more. And I'll talk about how to progressively challenge yourself at the end of this podcast. But um, as long as you're progressively challenging yourself more and more with those simple exercises, you will see results. You don't have to have a fully fledged blueprint or some kind of uh, percentage-based strength program to see progress, especially if you're a beginner, especially if you're new, because you're going to see the most results out of anybody. So let's talk about why weight training won't make you manly. It will not. Now, I know that you've probably seen women who look manly who also weight train. Correlation is not causation. What causes masculine features in a woman is hormones. Hormones, not weight training. There is no external stimulus that can give you masculine traits such as huge traps, uh, body hair, enlarged clitoris, which is a thing, um, deepened voice. You know, all these masculine traits come from anabolic agents, steroids. That's what they come from. So when you see these women who have competed in bodybuilding shows or professional CrossFitters, they're all using performance-enhancing drugs, all of them, unless it's a, a rigorously tested natural competition, which you can definitely tell <laughs> if it is or not. It's like going from a NASCAR race to a grocery cart race. You'll be able to tell. And even the natural competitions, there's ways to get around the testing for people who have zero integrity. So just so you know, the women that you see on the CrossFit games, they look the way they do because they lift heavy shit, but they also take a lot of steroids and they eat a ton of food and they are rigorously training day in and day out year round. And that's their life, right? But the drugs have a hell of a lot to do with it. Professional bodybuilding, all of them use steroids all the way down to the bikini competitors. So if you haven't heard this before, now you know. A lot of professional athletes and other sports use performance-enhancing drugs and can get around it, can get around the testing, have people, have connections. It's just a thing, right? Now, that being said, not all of them use performance-enhancing drugs, but the vast majority do. And that's okay. That's a personal decision. That's something they've chosen to do. I am not judging or looking down upon those decisions. I do think that for women, there are extra ramifications uh, for those choices than men. The virilization risk, which is, you know, developing those permanent masculine traits, in my opinion, especially with bodybuilding, it is a very foolish decision to sacrifice your femininity for a plastic trophy. 
And I'm not hating on the bodybuilding community, the comp- competition community. I used to compete. I did it one time. But that was enough for me to to know it was, you know, number one, not for me, and two, a very foolhardy, um, kind of pointless endeavor for for me at least. Um, I also don't have the genetics for it. I'm too t- I'm too fucking tall. I'm a basketball player. I don't look like I'm I'm not a bodybuilder. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. But it's it's in my opinion, it's just not a smart decision for for women to use anabolic steroids unless they are monitored and prescribed by a doctor. And that's a whole other conversation. We can go into the drug laws and you know people getting stuff off the black market and and all that stuff and the risks there. But the main thing I want you to take away there is masculine traits do not come from weight training. You could spend the rest of your life training as hard as you possibly can, and you will not develop like a man. And here's another truth for you. A woman and a man can do the exact same training routine. And they will develop completely differently because of hormones. You don't have the hormones to develop masculine traits. Weight training will not make you manly, but it will shape your body, give you that defined back that you want. It will decrease cellulite. It will tighten your skin. It will shrink your waist. It will give you those toned legs that you want so you can wear that dress with the slit in it. It will give you the shoulder definition. And again, the feminine definition that you're looking for. The results that you want come from weight training. The bodies that you likely are drooling over that you want, that you want to have when you see a woman's body and she's fit and she's toned and she's da-da-da, it's because she trains with weights, not cardio. So let's go into that next. Why you should always prioritize weight training over cardio. Cardio has its place. A lot of people think I'm anti-cardio. I'm not anti-cardio. I am just pro the things that are actually going to change your body and increase your longevity and provide the visual difference in your body that you yearn for, okay? Cardio is not that. Cardio is for your cardiovascular system, your heart, your lungs, your circulation, and it's great for those things. And I highly recommend keeping it in your routine for those things. What I don't recommend it for is for trying to shape or tone or lean out your body because it will not do those things. Because in order for you to be toned, in order for you to be lean, that requires muscle tissue. Muscle tissue is built from what's called hypertrophy of the muscle. Hypertrophy is, simply means that you have broken down the muscle fibers. They have repaired and grown back stronger, basically. That's what hypertrophy is. And that does not happen with cardio. That does not happen from doing long endurance type workouts. Doesn't happen. You have anaerobic versus aerobic. You have different pathways of the muscle. You have so many things that go into exercise that contribute to manifesting muscle tissue. Again, I'm not saying don't do cardio. I'm saying don't emphasize it as your main modality to induce visual change in your body because it will not. It will make you feel good. It will make you have more endurance. And that translates into having better weight training workouts. Absolutely. So that's why I recommend keeping it in. But my main point is if you have to choose one day, you're like, all right, I got 20 minutes. What should I do? Cardio or weight training? Fucking weight train. Do 20 minutes of hard weight training. 10 out of 10 times. Leave cardio for like if you have some extra time. Right. Like if you're, if you want a ratio, like three to one, three weight trainings to one cardio session per week. If you only have time for one or the other, just do a hard weightlifting session. Right. 
a lot of people think that when you're on the stairmaster or a bike, like a spin class or whatever, and you feel a burn in your glutes, your legs, that you're building muscle. Just because you feel a burn somewhere doesn't mean that you're building muscle tissue. Because to build muscle tissue, you have to do what's called time under tension. Time under tension refers to the time that your muscle is under tension. So let's say that you're doing a squat and you're on the way down. You have just initiated time under tension. Your muscles are now supporting that weight on the way down. On the way down is referred to as the eccentric portion of the rep, the negative portion of the rep. So when you're supporting the weight, then you get to the bottom of the squat and you come up. Now you're in the concentric part, the positive portion of the repetition. Okay. The entire duration of that rep, both the negative and the positive, you have time under tension taking place. In order for your muscle tissue to respond and break down and grow and, and develop and you get leaner, you have to have a certain amount of time under tension. And some people break it down to where you're like counting during your reps, like two second negative, one second positive or three second negative, one second positive, et cetera. And that's a great way to make sure that you have proper time under tension. But it also refers to not just the rep but the entire set. So if you do 10 reps, the amount of seconds that that set takes in its entirety is also time under tension. You can't get that with cardio. It just doesn't happen. So all these things are reasons why you want to prioritize your weight training over cardiovascular endurance training. Now, I get a lot of questions and it's like, well, is a rower okay? Is a stationary bike okay? Is yoga okay? Is Pilates okay? Look, all these things are okay. And I would even go as far to say like the reformer Pilates and stuff like that, where you're using weights, do contribute to a little bit of shaping your body. But you got to be going hard. And eventually, you're going to have to have heavier weights because what happens? Your body adapts. Your body is a very adaptable machine. So when you're trying to shape your body, the goal is to continually shape it. You want to continuously challenge your body. So with stuff like reformer Pilates and yoga and stuff like that, you can only progress so far with body weight. And look, if you get to that point where you've reached the precipice of how far you can go with body weight training and you look at your body in the mirror and you're happy with it, more power to you. Just maintain. That's great. And if you enjoy yoga and all that stuff, do it. What I want you to realize is I'm not against those things. But what I am telling you is if you want to progress further, if you want to develop further, you can only go so far with body weight training. And that's why I advocated getting, um, you know, dumbbells and stuff like that, right? Because so you can challenge yourself more and more. So here's why you should train your entire body. And I say this because there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, especially, especially, well, it's, it's women and men, right? Men think that they should only train their, their biceps and chest and then neglect their legs completely for some reason. And then end up looking like Johnny Bravo. And women believe that you should only train, not all women, obviously, I'm speaking in generalities here, but a lot of women, because, you know, obviously, and, and I hope we, I hope that when I say things like that, like women think and, and ladies, and that you all understand that I speak that way because I work with women and I have done so solely with women for, for years. So that's why I always address you know, ladies and, and women, because you're who I work with, you're who I serve. So that being said, a lot of women want to just train problem areas. And believe that if they improve those problem areas, that that will solve the challenges they're seeing with their body and what they want to see. So they'll train only legs and like midsection, right? That's got a few flaws. Number one, you can't spot burn. You can't pick and choose where you gain and lose body fat. So the way we lose body fat, just, just for an analogy real quick, and a lot of you have heard me explain it this way, 
if a town rains, I mean, if it rains on a, on a town somewhere and it floods, right? Rains for days, it floods. When the sun comes out, finally, all the puddles evaporate at once, but the bigger puddles take the longest. Those are your problem areas, okay? All the water evaporates at once. So you're burning fat over your entire body cumulatively, but the problem areas are the last ones to go when you burn fat. Now, we're talking about building muscle tissue right now, which is which is different. You can do both simultaneously if you're a straight beginner in the gym, but it's really hard to do both at once, and I'll talk about that later on. Now, the reason why you should train your entire body is because Again, you burn fat cumulatively. So when you develop other parts of your body, you'll burn fat in the areas that you want to, right? And it doesn't make sense to just develop certain parts of your body. I mean, it doesn't really work like that. If it did work like that, then all women would be built like centaurs because you would just train your legs in midsection. Now, you also can't develop a defined midsection from exercise. That doesn't happen. Your midsection abdominal visibility, tone, leanness hinges 99% on your nutrition. And that last 1% might be, you know, exercising to provide some density to the muscle so that you have deeper crevices between your abdominal muscles, right? <laughs> crevices. Um, that was just the only word I could think of. But your midsection definition hinges on your nutrition, ladies. So your your body fat percentage has to be low for that to, to or lower than it is for you to see visible definition there. So it's going to fall on your nutrition. So you can do sit-ups and leg raises and P90X and all that shit all day long. You can do a thousand sit-ups a day and nothing will happen in your midsection visually until you dial in your nutrition. So I just want you to know that. Now, you should train your entire body because you want to be proportional. Because having an aesthetically proportioned body and having the body that you want, and, and I'm just, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong here, but just working with women, I understand that you want a smaller waist, you want defined legs, you want to get rid of the bingo arms. And these, I'm using your words, ladies. These aren't my words. I'm using your descriptors. The bat wings, the bingo arms, the muffin top, the things that you despise and likely talk shit about to yourself, which stop doing that, by the way. You're beautiful. Speak with love to yourself. You only get one body. Love the one you have. It'll decrease friction from where you're at to where you want to be, right? So... I know those are the areas that you want to improve, but you need to train your entire body in order to improve those areas as a byproduct. So you will have to spend time training upper body and developing strength there. And the more you do it, the better you're going to, the better your, your your body composition is going to be. So don't just train legs. Don't just train, you know, glutes or hamstrings or what have you. Definitely train those things, but also train upper body because it's it's all about creating an illusion. And this comes from my bodybuilding upbringing and background. When you have us like a when you develop your shoulders, for instance, right? And again, I'm not saying in a masculine way, in a bulky way. You will not get bulky training with weights. Look at our client before afters. Do they look manly to you? All of them train with weights, and all of them train with weights the way I train with weights. So you see how I look and you see how they look? We're doing the same shit. So that's proof that weight training doesn't make you look manly. You get smaller. And the reason you get smaller is because muscle tissue is more dense than fat. And it takes up less space at the same weight. People say the inaccurate statement, which is muscle weighs less than fat. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't weigh less than fat. It's more dense than fat. So at the same weight, it takes up less space because it's it's denser, right? Just compare like a pound of fat to a pound of muscle. Google that and you'll show you, it'll show you a picture, right? So anyway, 
when you lose body fat and you, you gain muscle tissue, you actually get smaller, especially if you have quite a bit of weight to lose. Your waist will get smaller. Um, but when you develop your shoulders and your back and your legs, it proportionately makes your waist appear smaller, even though it may not be getting smaller. It will eventually if you're training with weights, definitely, and your nutrition's dialed in. But even if it doesn't, it will appear smaller while you're developing the other things. And when you are decreasing body fat and you're losing weight, if you lift weights while you're losing weight, which you should always be lifting weights regardless if the goal is weight loss or muscle gain or whatever, you're going to retain muscle tissue. So as you you know, deflate the body fat, so to speak, that muscle tissue will hold and provide the shape that you want to see once you've burned the body fat. So lifting weights only amplifies the process of weight loss. And a big reason for that is you burn more calories at rest when you gain muscle tissue, right? And I'm not going to, I'm going to try to say this as simply as possible. And I've talked about this in other episodes, but your basal metabolic rate is the amount of calories that you burn at rest, right? We all burn calories just living. Some of us burn more calories than others. I guarantee I burn more calories than you living because number one, I'm a man and men naturally burn more calories. But why is that? Because we have more muscle tissue. Muscle tissue is more calorically expensive than other tissues. It takes more calories to maintain it. So once you've built muscle tissue, you have to eat more in order to preserve it. So guess what? Bonus, you get to eat more and not see ill effects when you have more muscle tissue. And you don't have to eat like a fucking baby rabbit to lose weight. You can eat more food and get the same results when you have more muscle tissue. So that being said, it behooves you tremendously to lift weights like a mofo, even if the goal is weight loss. I highly recommend it. Okay. So your goal, this is a great segue into what to make your goal when you're losing weight. Now, obviously with weight loss, this is going to sound super counterintuitive, but this is what we do with all our clients and why they're so successful. You don't want to focus on just weight loss. And matter of fact, I would almost ignore the scale for a while. That's hard as shit for those of us who are addicted to the scale and love to see that number go down. But if you only make weight loss your metric, you're going to, number one, be super poopy when the scale doesn't go down and, and derail yourself and make other decisions and program hop and stuff like that and diet hop, likely, right? Or at least subconsciously make different decisions like eat less or whatever. But you want to shift focus to strength gaining instead of just solely weight loss. Make your new win how strong you're getting in the gym. And here's the magic behind that. As you get stronger, that's going to correlate with muscle tissue development. It's going to correlate with your appetite going up and your weight going down. Couple that with a high step count, you've got the recipe right there. Decent nutrition, hard training, high step count, you're going to see results, period. And the better your nutrition gets, the faster it'll be. Make your metric your strength, right? And so how do we evaluate strength? Well, it doesn't just mean going up in weight on the bar or with dumbbells, right? Strength can be quantified in different ways. And, and so let me think if I want to get into this now or after I talk about sets and reps. Let's just talk. Let's just get into sets and reps and, and how to continuously progress over time and RPE and stuff like that, right? So let's just say you got a set of dumbbells and a bench, okay? This is, this is just like from the ground up how we build or using body weight. It doesn't matter. You don't have to just go heavier and heavier. Like you don't have to continuously add weight. You should over time as you get stronger, but there are other ways to challenge yourself. So there's a term called progressive overload. Progressive overload refers to just progressively overloading your body more and more. And that can mean so many different things. It doesn't have to just mean, you know, going up in strength. It can mean doing more reps with the same weight. So if you use, let's say, a 20-pound dumbbell to do shoulder press, you do 10 reps with it. Like let's say you do three sets, 10 reps with 20-pound dumbbells on shoulder press. 
Then the next week you do three sets, 12 reps, you know, and, and, and I'm assuming that you're challenging yourself and it's going to go into RPE here in a second, but progressive overload simply means you're progressively doing more. So you can do more reps with the same weight. You can do another set with the same weight. So that's called increasing your volume. So if you do three sets of 10, one week with 20 pounds, the next week you do four sets of 10 with 20 pounds, you did an extra set and that is increasing your volume and that is progressive overload, right? You can also, and this is my favorite one, slow down your repetitions. This is a big one. So earlier I talked about the negative portion of the repetition. If you slow down that portion in particular, that's actually where the most muscle fiber is being broken down in that negative portion where you're supporting the weight and not pushing the weight, right? When you're moving the weight or pushing the weight, that's the positive portion of the repetition. When you're supporting it or like, you know, easing it down, whatever you want to call it, that's the negative portion. And that's when you're breaking down the most muscle fibers. So you can take advantage of that because you see in the gym, a lot of people, especially dudes, they'll completely ignore that portion of the rep. Like on bench press, they'll just drop it on their chest and they're not getting anything out of that portion of the rep. If you just put your ego aside and slow down that portion, not only will you see more development, but you'll get way stronger and it's way easier on your joints because your joints have to then reverse that, that weight at the bottom. Now, I don't want to get too far into the weeds there um, and complicate things, but let's just, let's just leave it at that. So progressive overload is just continuously challenging yourself. You can do that by increasing the weight, which is what most people do. You could also uh, add a set. You can add reps. You can slow down your reps, right? So what this would look like if you slow down your reps, uh, just going back to that is like on a squat, count to four on the way down. Three, let's just, just count out four, three, two, one, and then up, right? So that, that countdown I'm just doing, that's on your way down on a squat. I'm using a squat as an example because, you know, it's a very popular exercise. And it's a great exercise. So on the way down, on any movement, could be split squats, could be a lunge, could be a shoulder press. On the way down, when you're supporting the weight, do a, do a three-second count. You won't lift as much weight when you do that because you're making the repetitions harder. Your body doesn't care. Your body doesn't know the difference. It just knows how hard you're making it. And that's the point. This is a great way to get more out of your equipment if you have limited equipment. If you only have 20-pound dumbbells, slow down your reps. If you only have body weight, slow down your reps and you will instantly make your workouts harder and you can progress a hell of a lot longer. So now it's like last week. Okay. I did three sets of squats, 20 reps, right? Air squats. Cause I only have body weight and I did three sets, three sets of 20 this week. I only did three sets of 15 because I slowed down that negative, but my body hurts so much more this week from doing that in a good way. Right? So that means that you challenge yourself more despite doing less reps. That makes sense. Just make your reps harder. That's the point. Ego is when people try to just do more and more and more weight just to prove they can do more weight. But smart people and experienced people and you all, because I'm teaching you this now, will know that you don't necessarily need more weight to demonstrate development because your goal is not necessarily to lift the most weight. It's to change your body in the mirror. That requires recruiting the correct muscle fibers and it requires time under tension and requires quality repetitions. And that means paying attention to what you're doing. So when you go to the gym, if you go to the gym, that is your time to clock in and get a result that you're there for. If you spend your time in the gym socializing, I'm not saying be a hermit, don't talk to anyone, but get in there and get done what you're there to do. If you're working out from home between naps or you're working out from home, like in the morning while your kids eat breakfast or watching Blippy on TV, like I, like I do, then you got to get it in where you fit it in and make sure you are challenging yourself. Okay. So let's get into RPE. RPE is rate of 
perceived exertion. This is a powerlifting term, but it applies to anyone because your rate of perceived exertion is how hard was that set you just did on a scale of one to 10, right? And the, the easiest way to explain this is, let's say you do a set of 10 and afterwards you say, I give myself an RPE of seven, right? That means that you only had three reps left in you, right? An RPE of eight means I can only do two more reps. RPE of nine means I can only do one more rep. And an RPE of 10 means I could do no more reps. That was the hardest set I could possibly do, right? So to see continuous progress with your body, you have to have an honest RPE of, I would say, seven or eight consistently on your set. So if you're, if you're wondering, Maverick, how hard do I push myself? That's how hard. It means that for the set that you just did, no matter how many reps you performed, you could only do two to three more reps before reaching complete muscle failure. That's how hard you need to push your body in order to see progress. So to recap, how to get started. You want to get started if you've never done anything in your life with body weight stuff, compound exercises, multi-joint exercises, squats, lunges, bench press, rows, shoulder press, things like that. They're going to re recruit multiple joints and multiple uh, muscle groups. And ideally, if you can work with a personal trainer to teach you these movements, great. If you've never been to the gym before and you're intimidated by the gym, I highly recommend listening to the episode dropping on January 10th, where I have a conversation with Mandy Donald, the woman who has pinned top middle of my profile, who had a boudoir photo shoot at age 62 after losing 100 pounds in our program, despite having lupus and fibromyalgia. She has an amazing story, but she does talk about how she approached going into the gym and going into the testosterone zone amongst a bunch of men, you know, and how she overcame that fear, right? And basically, you know, she just asked people, she asked people, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? Let me just tell you, you're going to give a man the biggest stroke to his ego he's ever had if you go up and ask him for assistance on an exercise because he's going to now, now you're framing him as the expert and now he's going to feel super ego stroked that you asked and he'll likely help you. But she goes over some other things that, that helped her get around that. So you want to start, you know, with, with, with body weight, with free weights and keep it simple, keep it compound progressively, challenge yourself more and more over time. You want to definitely prioritize your weight training over cardiovascular training. You cannot spot burn. You want to train your entire body. You can transform your entire body with very little equipment. And as far as sets and reps, remember our RPE philosophy. So you want to push yourself to where you can only do maybe three, maybe four reps max more, right? Like when you finish your set, I could have only done three more reps. That's the place you want to be with your training. And so you want to, I get a lot of questions on, you know, how do I know which weight to start with? You just want to simply, I'm going to make it really simple for you. Pick up a weight, try to perform the exercise. If you do, let's say, 10 reps and you know you could have done 20, that weight is too light for you. If you do 10 reps and you could only do maybe one or two more, you're right where you need to be. If you can only do three reps, you need to go lighter weight, right? Let the rep range be your gauge. So if you're doing a workout where it says do 10 reps, let that 10 be your anchor and know that if you're too far from that either direction, that is your sign to either increase or decrease your weight. And that's it. And just challenge yourself. Is it challenging? Good. Keep doing it, right? Don't overthink how many sets and reps. Generally, though, I'll give you a good guideline. Generally, you want to do, I would say, between 10 and 15 reps, right? Challenging yourself within that rep range. So don't just count to 15. 
do a set of 15 or 10 or whatever it is, just between 10 and 15. Don't overthink it. And if you could only do, you know, maybe three more reps or you couldn't do any more reps, you did 10 to 15, like you're good. You're there. Stick with that weight. You don't have to increase or decrease. If it's too light, increase. If you could do like, you know, if, you, if your goal is 10 reps and you could do 20, then that weight is, is not challenging enough. Go up in weight, go increase the weight, make it heavier, right? And don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. Don't be afraid to lift heavier weight. Again, you're not going to get manly or masculine. It's only going to help you develop more and more and burn more fat and shape your body. So continuously make strength building your goal and the metric with which you evaluate your progress, okay? As far as the total amount of sets and reps, I mean, generally, you know, I'll, I'll, give, I'll put it to you this way. You don't need to be working out with weights longer than, and I'm speaking to the demographic that I serve, women, you know, 30, 30 plus who want to shape and tone your body, you know, not competitive athletes, not elite athletes, uh, no outliers here, just women who want to look, feel better, shape your body and maintain it long-term, get leaner, et cetera. Then you don't need to be working out for longer than an hour, hour and 15 max, maybe an hour and a half. If you're doing a really long leg day. But that's it. Anything beyond that, if you're able to work out longer than that, generally, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. More does not equal better. More time in the gym does not equal better. I always give this example, and I do not mean this in an arrogant way whatsoever. But people generally regard me with having a, a, a decent physique. They're like, man, what do you do in the gym, et cetera? And their minds are blown when I tell them I train three times a week for 30 to 45 minutes. And that's it. Now, I will say that to build where I am, I probably, I did a little bit more than that. I trained maybe four times a week for maybe an hour. But at my peak in my late 20s, that's as much as I was training. The difference is I train very hard in that 30 minutes to 45 minutes. I do only compound exercises that I know are going to give me return on my investment. And I, I have mastered time under tension. I know how to challenge my body. I know how to recruit muscle fibers that I want. And, and I'm very in tune with that. And that comes from 20 years of weight training, right? But my point is that I can maintain the physique that I have with very little time and a lot of efficiency. And so you don't need to be in the gym for two hours, two and a half hours to develop your body. In fact, it's counterproductive. You, it would be akin to sunburn, right? When you go out in the sun and you get the perfect amount of sun, your pigments darken in response to that, that UV light so that the next time you go out in the sun, they can withstand it. But what happens if you're in the sun for too long? Your body breaks down. You blister. You get sunburned. That's because you've gone beyond your body's capacity to withstand that UV light. The same thing applies to your weight training. If you go beyond what your body has capacity to handle, you'll simply stay broken down. And this really comes into play with training frequency, right? If you train a muscle group too close in conjunction or too frequently before it's had time to recover and repair, it'll stay broken down and you won't actually develop. So that's why if you train legs, let's say on Monday, you want to give it until at least Wednesday or Thursday before you train legs again. And that's why they invented training splits, which is simply organizing your workouts throughout the week, like which muscle groups you train on which day. So you want to make sure that you are giving time in a few days between training the same muscle group so that your body has time to recover. You don't develop and grow in the gym. You develop and recover and repair outside of the gym. And that's why your nutrition is so important. So when you train in there, that's the fun part. You've broken down your muscle group. You've broken down your muscle fibers. 
in the 24 to 48 hours that follow, those are crucial because that's when you're feeding the muscle tissue the nutrients it needs to repair and recover. So you have to look at it that way. That's why everything you do outside of the gym is so extremely important for your development. So that's why getting enough protein is important. That's why getting enough sleep is important. That's why hydration and mineral balance is so important, right? So you don't want to train too long. You don't want to train too frequent or you'll be surpassing what your body has available to recover and repair. You only have so much. And especially during a weight loss phase, you're not eating enough to recover from a two-hour long workout. You'd be digging a 10-foot hole and filling it with six feet of dirt constantly, right? So you want to be able to recover so you can have the strongest, most energized workout possible. If you're bogged down because you've been doing a bunch of hit and a bunch of, you know, you haven't been eating and you haven't been getting a lot of sleep, training is only going to be counterproductive because your body's scrambling to repair already from those things. And now you're further breaking it down with, with by loading the muscles. And that leads to injury. It leads to your endocrine system, not your endocrine system, your adrenal glands being overtaxed. It leads to your central nervous system being overly taxed. So you want to make sure that you're giving your body time to recover. So I recommend people train one to three times a week starting out. That's plenty to see progress in the beginning, especially. Obviously, like I said, you need to provide more and more stimuli over time for your body to keep progressing further because the body's a very adaptable machine. But in the beginning, one to three times is more than enough. And just get in there and, and, and challenge yourself right? It could be a full body workout if you want. Your split doesn't really fucking matter, to be honest with you. Everybody like overthinks workout splits. Like, what should I do on what day? It doesn't really matter as long as what you're training that day is recovered. So you could really go by feel. That's what I do. I go in the gym. And obviously, I'm a little more intuitive because I've been training for 20 years. I grew. I put a dumbbell in my hand when I was 12 years old. Thankful to my parents for that. But you don't have to meticulously train or uh, plan your 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 workouts, right? To make it simple, though, here's what our clients do. We do a simple push-pull leg routine. It's nothing groundbreaking. It just makes it really simple. Push one day, which would be your chest, shoulders, triceps, all the things you use to push. Pull one day. So that's your back, biceps, and your traps to a lesser extent. And then legs. So your quadriceps, hamstrings, and uh, calves and glutes, right? So that's a great way to organize it because you train one, two, three, and then you repeat it. Right. So you can train three times a week. You could do six times a week. You could do five times a week and just rotate. Doesn't really matter. But that is a great way to organize your workouts if you're a beginner. There's all different kinds of splits. There's like, you know, back and try. There's opposing muscle groups where you do like back and tries, chest and buys, and then legs, whatever. You can split your leg days up where you do quads one day, hams another. It doesn't really matter, ladies, as long as over time you're challenging yourself more and more. So don't overthink that part of it. And that's my workout guide. I have nothing else to add to that for now. I think I blasted you with a lot right there. If this was valuable, give me five-star rating. Share it with your friends. Let me know what you think on Instagram. If you have any suggestions or feedback, like if you want me to... I'm always on Instagram, y'all. I'm very accessible. So if I'm involved, I love the feedback that you all give me from these podcast episodes. So if you want to see me cover something in depth, DM me on Instagram at Maverick Online Coaching. Let me know. If you have interest in transforming your body, obviously, same way. Just shoot me a DM. You can apply with the link in my profile. But we have, I think we're like 15,500 applications at this point, which we've worked through most of those. But we get so many applications that sometimes the best way to apply is just to DM me, at which point I'm going to say, awesome, how long you've been following me. And if you've been only been following me for like a week, then keep listening to my podcast and keep viewing my content uh, because what we do in our program is very high level. It's a very premium service. My coaches are amazing. 
And so it's not your typical Weight Watchers, Beachbody bullshit. This is a very in-depth, humanizing, and, and very premium service, one-on-one, lots of communication, lots of accountability, lots of self-responsibility uh, and behavior modification so that you can actually make the changes you want and maintain them long-term, right? Not selling you whatsoever right now. I have no need to do that. I'm just giving you the difference between us and like a Weight Watchers because you're like, well, why aren't your prices listed? Because the investment is personalized. It's based on the time frame that it's going to take from you, for you to go from where you are to where you want to be. And it's not going to be a Weight Watchers investment because that's a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter type of approach that is made for the masses. Um, and they do that so that they can replace you as soon as you wise up and leave them. They don't care. They're going to replace you with more customers. So if you want to learn more about what we do, just shoot, shoot me a message. I'll probably send you a video that breaks down everything that we do. Ask you what your takeaways are. Actually watch the video. I'm giving you a cheat sheet right now for this application process. Watch the video. Give me good takeaways. I can tell if you watch the video or not. It's a 14 minute long video. So if you come back in after five minutes, I know you didn't watch it. <laughs> so um, if you want more information on our program, just DM me. We'll we'll have a conversation. Um, we don't just let anybody into our program. We only let people who are good fits and actually ready to do this and aren't doing this on a whim or who are actually going to commit and, and take advantage of your investment. So love you all. Thanks for listening. Hope this was valuable. Have a great rest of your week. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.